Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is MBS Fitness Radio. All right, what's up? We're back with MBS Fitness Radio. We are here with Clay Jones from 901PT. Hello. Clay uh, and his uh, team over there help a lot of our um, clients and our athletes recover from injuries, and uh, they've really established themselves. It's kind of like the go-to place in, in our area, Memphis. Wow, thank you. For, um, for people who are serious about uh, their fitness and, and want to recover and get back to a high level of performance. So, um, welcome to the show, Clay. Man, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. And y'all have got an awesome thing going on too here at MBS Fitness. Thanks, bud. Give me kind of your background and kind of le- uh, what led you to where you are today. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, first of all, I'm from Memphis, born and raised, 901. Hence our name, 901PT. Um, so excited about that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a physical therapist, doctor of physical therapy, and I graduated PT school here in 08, went to U- University of Tennessee, Memphis, and went immediately out to Seattle to do a sports medicine kind of specialty. It was a residency and a fellowship out there um, where I learned from some amazing people and was in a practice similar kind of to what I've started now. And when I came back to Memphis, um, I've worked at a few different clinics and have enjoyed the different places I've been at. I've worked at Camel Clinic a place called Results, all good spots that I really enjoy. But after doing that for about a decade, uh, three years ago, I decided that I kind of want to do my own thing and um, for different reasons. For one, I've got four kids, and I wanted to have a clinic that kind of met my schedule better Yeah, um, because I was having to miss soccer games and things like that. So that was one big reason. But another big reason, um, I wanted to provide more specific um, treatment uh, more one-on-one kind of concierge, if you will. Right. Um, and also I saw this need for, as you already alluded to, um, treating the active individual, people who really enjoy push themselves. And in my practice or my experience in healthcare, um, a lot of times people just were told, you know, pushing yourself is bad, running is bad, lifting weights is bad for you. Um, and so they're just, that just really started to kind of get to me. And yeah. I wanted to Though I really appreciated everybody I was working with and I enjoyed the people, I felt like the system was really not conducive for how I felt like people could really get taken care of. So in my background, again, it's it's sports medicine. It's treating anything from back issues to neck issues to ankle, whatever it is. Um, and I do a lot of hands-on treatment. And so my, my skills are really best suited if I can really focus on one person and then really work them back into a high-level activity. And in the system that I was at, you kind of had to – once someone kind of got a little bit better because of insurance and stuff like that and different, um, uh, just how the system works, you have to kind of get rid of them. They, they have to kind of figure out the, how to really progress on their own. Yeah. Um, and so different things like that really led me to want to start my business. And so I did that three years ago here in Memphis, uh, started going to people's homes, taking my, I had a little table in my car and I would, uh, I would do that before and after work hours and it was going well. So I was able to, uh, quit my other job and start my own thing. And pretty soon after that, I hired another therapist. And my wife, uh, Emily, she runs the business with me. She's the real brains behind everything. Um, and then since then, our, our, our company's grown. And we have an office manager. I have four other PTs now. And we're on Broad Avenue. And just, yeah, kicking butt. It's absolutely, it's a dream come true for me. That's awesome, man. As a fellow fitness uh, and health entrepreneur, I give you a thumbs Thank up, you. man. Yeah, it's really it is. scary. It's super scary. Super rewarding. Yes. Um, fun, exciting. All that stuff. And kudos to doing it with your wife. That's awesome, too. Oh, she, we, we would not be where we are without her. So that's awesome. She's awesome. 
Let's talk a little bit about the system. So, um, and I'll kind of uh, lay out what, what I see. Yeah. And then I'd like to hear kind of your perspective and then, um, and, and then kind of some of the, uh, the roadblocks that the system creates and, and then how you guys work around that. So, yeah. um, a couple of things that I see is uh, generally speaking, the system is not set up for, um, active, healthy individuals, mainly because that's not what the majority of the United States consists of. Yeah. The majority of the United States consists of people who are, uh, you know, inactive, unhealthy, and, and a lot of times not as motivated to, um, get back to a high level of performance, maybe yeah, motivated to so. get back to a level of basic performance, but yes. not high level performance. And so the system's kind of geared to those people. And I kind of made the joke some one time with a, with a guy who had had a shoulder injury. And I kind of said, you're like, you know, you get the same protocol that an eight year old does. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I, like, I was like, your rehab protocol is the same thing that, that an eight-year-old, yeah. you know, who's one never of, exercised before. One of our phrases is, it's not your grandmother's physical therapy. Yeah, Though we perfect. like taking care of people who are yeah. older, but yeah, it's it, you're, you're exactly right about that. Well, right, and it's like you said, it's, it's it should be tailored. It should yeah. be individualized. And people try to, but the system sets it up where it's, it's hard to sometimes tailor it. Yeah, so w- what are those roadblocks in the system that kind of uh, you alluded to um, – to, to insurance, but like, what are some yeah. of the roadblocks? It's, that's a, I mean, it's a, a very convoluted, complicated thing there. Um, some of the roadblocks are going to be, I think that because a lot of people who are in the medical system, as you already mentioned, are not um, as dedicated as being active at pushing themselves. When someone who does do that, who's lifting heavy weights, who's into powerlifting, who's into ultra marathons. Yeah. When they come across the healthcare provider, there's a lot of nervousness in the healthcare system about, whoa, you, you're going to jack yourself up. Yeah. And so there's these, these beliefs, and I would say these misconceptions, um, that you're, you're, you're overdoing it. And the reason why you're having pain is because you're doing way too much because they're seeing a lot of people who aren't doing very many much stuff, and they have rotator cuff tears and disc bulges, which we can get to that later. But so when they, when they see these people who are really push themselves, like, whoa, you're just going to wear yourself out quicker. Right. And so I think a lot of people uh, who are highly active, for one, they know that's what they're going to get when they, when they go, and they don't want to be told that. Yeah. And so they just don't go. Or um, you don't really get to the ins and outs of what's really going on with um, the pain that they might be having, an injury that they ha- they've been having. And because they do have such a high level of function to get back to, that can take time or can take some more expertise about really helping them, uh, helping them get back to it without being scared of trying to get someone back to a barbell or whatever it might be. And so people are more, they just, the, the skill level's not there or the, the, the ability to put the time in to help them get there is, is limited. And so that's a big thing. And then as I mentioned, insurance companies and as a, our clinic, we deal with insurance companies and we, our patients can use their insurance, but we don't have a direct contract with them. So we're an out of network based clinic. So that can, we can get lost in the weeds there. Um, but the reason why the way, the way we have it set up, I'm not directly contract with an insurance company. So an insurance company doesn't tell me what I can and cannot do right. with my patients. And so a lot of times when we're with people, insurance company says, when you get to a certain level of function, kick them out. Yeah. We're going to stop paying for it because now they can walk upstairs with one out of 10 pain and they can sit in their chair for 30 minutes with no pain or they can sleep through the night with no pain and insurance like, all right, we're ready to be done with them. And they're like, well, yeah, I can do that, but I can't deadlift 300 pounds anymore. And that's what I used to be able to do before this. So right. 
what's going on. And so that, that, that can make it a challenge for insurance companies to um, put limits sometimes on people and not really fully take care of that, of that person. Um, and then after there's like, there's a time component to that. And so what I love and what I've really found over the, the past three years of our clinic is we've been able to walk with patients over time to where we go through that process with them. So we might start off with more upfront treatment because they injure their back lifting and we see them kind of get them through that acute issue. But we can then say, all right, go do your stuff. Here's your exercises. And it's not just laying on the table and doing simple things. It's like, here's your stuff to work back into the barbell and here's your accommodations. Go work on it for a month. Now come back and see me. And then we'll, we'll kind of get into that next level of uh, skill that you need to develop to prevent the issue that got there in the first place. Yeah. So we can break down their form more. We can really start to get into the weeds more, if you will. Very cool. Yeah. I um, <clears throat> brought up a couple ideas. So one thing, uh, one way of looking at it, I try to describe to people is uh, if we're looking at the timeline, here's your injury. Yeah. Uh, here's the timeline. Here's your injury. And a lot of times, um, traditional medicine will only, or the tr- traditional system will only address what's after that that injury. Right. And they won't go back and look at like, what caused that injury in the first place? Right. Very much so. Uh, And so it's nice. And that's kind of thing. It's like, okay, well, your pain's gone. We're addressing the, um, we're addressing the results of the injury pain, your pain's gone. You're good to go back, but we didn't address the cause of the injury. Right. So it's nice to hear that that you guys are saying like, Hey, we we do want to get you pain free, obviously, but let's also make sure that this doesn't happen again. Yeah. Because yeah. One of our taglines is we want to keep you active for a lifetime. I tell my runners, I want you running, Till you're 90. I want yeah. you lifting weights till you drop dead. I had my mom in the clinic this morning and she was picking up a 35 pound kettlebell deadlift. And my dad was going, can she do that? I'm like, yeah, dad. And guess what? We're going to get her to 70 pounds here yeah. soon because I want people lifting for a lifetime. So when I look at a lifter, I've really got to know their history. Yeah. I've got whatever, whatever athlete it is, whatever sport it is. I've got to look at their history and see, well, why did that lead to it? Was it just a one-time thing, yeah, you just kind of, you jacked yourself because it was a funky lift, and that just totally happens in, in athletics. But if it's something that comes on over time, or maybe there was something that led to that injury, we've really got to get into the weeds. Yeah. And I've got to really, we've got to really, we've got to talk through their training plan. We've got to talk through their nutrition habits sometimes, their sleep. we got to talk through their recovery habits sometimes to, like, understand why do we keep dealing with these things? Because overall, we know that, one of another favorite phrase is, movement is medicine. I need you moving. So let's make sure you can do it for a long time and not just, yeah, get you through this initial injury and then kick you out the door and then hope it doesn't happen again. Because if it does happen again, then people, and they never, and we never got into that, we never really jumped into the real issue, then someone's going to get hurt and realize, ah, oh, crap, I'm just screwed. I've just got a bad back. And yeah. either one, they, they either told or they believe themselves, I just got to stop being active and lifting or pushing myself. Or they say, ah, I guess I just have to do surgery. And that's just crap. Like, that's that's the system that led them to that surgery. And this is not like, again, I don't want to, like, throw any healthcare professionals on the bus or surgeons. Because they're, they understand that they want the right person on the surgery table. But sometimes people, because they haven't really taken the time to do the work and figure out what really happened and then really spend the time in the process of getting better, they're going to shortchange it and say, I just got to just gotta go straight to surgery or I'll just get injections every six months or they're told just deal with the pain as long as possible and then come back and we'll get a replacement yeah. a replacement or a new replacement or whatever it might be. Um, and I'm so thankful for those, op- those, those surgeries and those things that we have there with some very skilled, uh, you know, healthcare professionals for that. But sometimes you just jump to that too soon and 
Yeah, there's no people, going back from surgery. Yeah, there's <laughs> not. So if you can avoid it, there's just so many things you can do yeah. to avoid that. And I want to bring a point that you mentioned. The way the system is like, yeah, when someone gets injured, you look at that one moment and then you you take an image of an x-ray, an MRI, a CT scan, whatever, of that one moment. Yeah. And then we make all these conclusions based on um, what was happening with the um, their injury to see, oh, okay, all this injury came from the one tear or the one MRI, or like the MRI showed that this one disc bulge and you think, yeah. oh, we, we make the assumption that that, that, that uh, disc bulge or that meniscus issue came from that one injury. Right. Or a lot of times that's been there for a long time. Right. And that's not the real issue. We just have to dig a little bit deeper and figure out why that's the case. Yeah. Um, and not just make too many assumptions. And that's honestly, that was probably one of the main things that got me wanting to, to do my own thing was I had too many patients that I was treating that, um, for no fault of anybody, but just the system that we put so much emphasis on an image on an x-ray and MRI yeah. that they just, that became what they believed about themselves. And that was the only narrative of, of what was causing all their pain. And they were jumping to the surgery and not really taking the time to go through the process of really learning what's going on and telling people, man, like that, you don't have to have that. Yeah. You know, like a lot of us are all walking around with these things that have, that have no pain. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a big cause for me. It was like, I was tired of dealing with the, the aftermath and I want to get, I want to go back to the beginning and deal with those root issues. So, and I find it so tough to like have those conversations with people cause they kind yeah. of look at you like you're crazy Yes, because, uh, like from a function standpoint, our idea of what is functional, uh, from, from, for, for human beings across their lifetime, uh, as a society is completely off. Just like kind of like your dad being like, oh, can she deadlift yeah. that? So yeah. I would be like, you should be able to deadlift your body weight at least like your entire life. Right. 100%. Like, and so, and then, so having that mindset or, or more would, would be also my argument. Yep. But when someone goes into a doctor and they say like, oh, you should never deadlift again. And I'm like, well, you got to mm-hmm. be able to pick up something at some point. Yes. I was like, well, squats yes. are bad. You know, squats are bad for your knees or I can't squat because my knees are bad. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, the ability to squat is something you should be able to do. Yes. You're born with it. You should die with it, right? Yes. The ability to pick things up. You're born with it. You should die with it. Yeah. If there's, if there's, uh, our definition of fitness is uh, the resistance to disease and dysfunction. So if there's dysfunction there, there's lack of fitness there, and we got to figure out like what that is. But having those conversations with people sometimes um, is so frustrating because you're like, and I know there is a better option for you you and i think like there's two there's kind of two types of people there's a type of person who i don't want to generalize but there's some people who they struggle with with training they struggle with pushing themselves and like it's almost kind of like a uh, get out jail free card is Mm -hmm. when the doctor says like well you don't have to deadlift again it's like ha ha i don't have to deadlift again it's only i can't do it it's like a victim mindset yeah and and not to like throw them under the bus either but because there's lots of things that's that goes into someone believing that but yeah they they can they can say oh it's just it's what i got oh well right. i guess i just can't do anymore right and it's like oh that's not that's, true it's not true and it's the easy way it's the easy way to out but it's it's not healthy for them and i mean that's yeah that's that's a big thing that i that we address with my patients like that's one of my most favorite things to do is because it is a hard conversation um and that's why i set my business up the way i set it up is that like i have i have all the time that i need with the patient uh, we, I give them at least a, an, an hour with every time I see someone and I would see one person per hour. I don't share patients with anybody. Yeah. Um, in the past I would see at least two people per hour, sometimes more. 
and I was just distracted and have to share. But because, because that, what you just said, that's the conversation that you have to have with people and that takes time. Yeah. And you have to like commit to be like their therapist and be with them so you can develop this trust. Yep. And so my business, we're all about developing that trust because you have to help them understand and look at themselves differently, look at their, their injury differently. You have to help them understand the stuff they've been told in the past may not be the best information. They may be given wrong information because of Dr. Google or because of <laughs> uh, well-meaning healthcare practitioners that um, just have never seen it done a different way. And so having to have that conversation with people and trying to convince them that you actually can be active. I know you hurt your back deadlifting, but man, guess what? Deadlifting is the exact same. Is the exact thing that's going to help you get through this because that's the best way to build your strength. And I know you have a MRI that says you have an L4-5 disc bulge, but guess what? You probably had that for the past 10 years. You know, you're okay. Let's get through this. But that that takes time, and we have to approach that with respect and understand that's, that's a process where that patient has to trust us. Um, and yeah, it's something I love doing, but it is hard, but that's, that's what I love, love doing with our, with our people. What are some of the biggest, um, misconceptions that you see? So I, I'll throw one out. Yep. Deadlifting is bad. Yep. Yeah. So what are some that, that you, that you hear often? Well, I mean, let's go back to what you said earlier. Um, squatting is bad for your knees. Deadlifting is bad for your back. And I've had patients that are told, if they've injured their back, like don't ever bend over at the waist. And I'm yeah, like, <laughs> good luck. You've got to take your trash out. You're going to pick up groceries. Like you just have to live life. And, and I have people are told, well, I was never, I was told never touch my feet again. I'm like, what about putting your socks on yeah. or shoes or sitting on the dang toilet? I mean, come on, you're yeah. going to be bending your spine. So um, the fact that, yeah, bending it over is bad for your back. Rounding your back is bad for your back. If you have a disc bulge, you should never, ever do that. That's a big misconception. Yeah. Uh, that deadlift, squats, um, putting any bar on your shoulders um, or putting weights overhead is bad for your spine. Yeah. Um, can those things cause uh, pain? Yes. Or can you injure yourself doing that? Yes. I've injured myself doing all that stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't the problem. It wasn't the fact that I bent over was the problem. It was, had other things going on that led to it. Um, but yeah, that squatting deadlifting is bad for your back and if you have disc bulges or arthritis in your spine that that's bad for you and that's that's just wrong yeah um that's a major one yeah squatting having your knee go over your toe that was something i came out of school thinking i was on the toll bandwagon don't let your knee go over your toe because i'd been fed misinformation yeah. and then i started that started being challenged i was like oh start looking at the research and you realize um that's actually good for you. That's a normal movement to occur. Yeah. Do we need to be smart and intelligent about how we do that and how we load someone in that? Of course. Do I need to be smart and intelligent about how I load someone with deadlifting and squatting? Of course. But every one of my patients is doing that to work them back to it. Um, running, bad for your knees, bull crap. Run, yeah. There's studies that show that people who are a moderate amount of running have healthier knees than people who don't run. They have ultra marathoners, people who show that they have just as much as a normal amount of arthritis as people who sit on their butt and do nothing. Yeah. Like, it's good for you. Movement is good for you. Yeah, I, I'd actually say, like, in my experience, the opposite is true. The people who deadlift the most are the most injury resistant. The yeah. people who squat the most and let their knee go over their toe because they have good ankle mobility yeah, and hip exactly. mobility, yes. they're least likely to get injured. The people who run with good technique and do it a lot, they have great great yeah. knees. You know? so yeah, it's people who are active take care of themselves, and that's, that's a big thing we do with our runners, and research shows that those who strength train not just do simple bodyweight exercises, but people who really get into resistance-based training, they improve their performance, they improve their ability to uh, their, uh, just handle the running demands better, yeah. and they can 
research suggests that you definitely can reduce your risk of injury if you are resist, you know, doing resistance exercises, you're lifting weights. Um, I've had so many patients since I started my business three years ago, and like that's the vast majority of my patients are people who are active. Whereas the past decade before that, I had a lot of people who were not active, were not motivated, who sat a lot. Um, and I've had more people in the past three years say, I used to have back issues, but then I was out in a gym and I started deadlifting and learning how to do it correctly. And my back stuff went away. I'm like, hell yeah, it did. Yeah, that's, yeah. Cause that's the number one exercise. If we look at some core muscles in your lower back, um, the number one exercise to help strengthen those cores, deadlifts, yeah. not ab crunches, not, <laughs> I used to, I mean, I still love bridges and bird dogs as a good <clears throat> starter yeah. that we do for people, but like. It's deadlifts. That's what really strengthens people's backs. Yeah. Um, and doing heavy resistance. So, well, and that kind of made me think of, I think another uh, roadblock that the system sees is, I think because so many people are unactive, and unfortunately because the fitness industry has kind of um, told a lie that like this is a journey that you can or should do on your own. Yeah. Uh, as a doctor, or if I was a doctor and someone was like. I think I might also tell someone like, don't go deadlift because yes. you don't know how. Yes. No, and that's, <laughs> I think it's a great point. And I think a lot of my uh, some, uh, men and women that I've worked with physicians, I think that's where they have to go that direction yeah. because they're trying to maybe scare people in a way of not doing it wrong. Right. Or they know they might injure themselves and they've seen it go wrong. And I think they take the, you know, the least common denominator approach of, well, you, no one should be deadlifting because you might not, you might be doing it wrong. You're going right. to hurt yourself. And I don't, I think that if you really talk, if I talk to them one-on-one, I'm like, Hey, come on, I've got this athlete. We know what we're doing. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, good. You're Go good. ahead. Yeah. So like the rule statement should be like, work with people who know what they're doing. that yes. can help you maximize your yes. health and fitness and performance. Right. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Like we'll teach you how to do it correctly. Right. Um, that's, that's something our businesses, I think been doing more lately is, is we've had some, uh, some patients who are older in their sixties, seventies, and, um, seen some just awesome results with people who've had prior back surgeries and nerve ablations and uh, knee replacements and them coming to us and they're saying, well, I'm scared to squat or I'm scared to lift. I'm like, I get that. I want, we respect that fear, but guess what? I'm going to walk you through that and show you how to do it safely. Yeah. And then like, and then walking them through that and progressing them from doing a 15 pound kettlebell. to now, like I said, my mom's one thirty five, and she'll be at a 70 pound here sometime soon. I told my dad, you're going to be deadlifting 150 here soon. Yeah. Like, and then see them actually moving and feeling strong and healthy in it when they used to be scared out of their minds doing it. Man, it's been so neat to see and to really work everyone towards like that yeah, that mindset of let's be healthy for a lifetime and let's really learn how to do it correctly. But once you learn how to do it correctly, man, let's load that up. Yeah. Let's, let's get strong. And I think um, that also takes into account something that we don't talk about a lot, which is the psychological yeah. healing process oh, man. that Huge. has to occur. and you know, th- that person who's felt pain before and is like scared to death of it is like, yes. cause like back, low back pain sucks. It, 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 yeah. it like screws your entire life. Up. If it shoots into <laughs> your leg and scares you. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And so like, but when you start like inching forward in that progress and kind of start going like, Oh man, like I can do this. And you yep. start seeing, um, w- we've seen both seen, uh, people who, who haven't started kind of the fitness process till later in life, 50s, 60s or whatnot, and to see them kind of do things that they never thought they could do. Oh right. my gosh, I just deadlifted blah, blah, blah. Or, oh my gosh, I just did 10 pushups. Yeah. Or, you know, I was able like, to run two miles and yeah, I thought that was bad for my knees. Yeah. And they're like, man, like, and like they, uh, that momentum just like starts carrying them forward. And yep. it's cool to see, it's cool to see the kind of like their objective physical changes, but also really cool to see, uh, their, their mindset shift. And, it, and that, 
carries over to every area of yeah. their life. They're they're now able to experience new things. They're going and doing activities and and, and, and experiencing life in a way that yep. that they hadn't been able to. Or they thought they were done with. Yeah, yeah. I've had people say, "I'm I'm just done golfing because my surgeon told me never to twist again." And I'm like, "Oh, guess what? We're gonna get you back golfing. That's our goal." Yeah, you know, and they get to get back to it. That's awesome. Uh, so we kind of talked a little bit about. Um, kind of the mindset shift uh, or, or the difference between the system and kind of how it, how it is not necessarily set up to uh, help people get back to, to high level of function. But there's also the other side of it, which is people who are, uh, who are experienced athletes and do have a high level of function. Um, and sometimes they are their own worst enemies when it comes to uh, injury prevention, injury yeah. re- rehab. And so we see things um, like, oh, something kind of hurts, but I'll just push through it right. or, um, just taking a few days off and then just going right back into kind of what they were doing before. So right. talk a little bit about kind of your approach to dealing with, um, higher level athletes right. and some of the mistakes that they make and how, how you help them yeah, get to better question. performance. I think that one of the mistakes they make is, um, this, this pain that I'm having is just part of it, yeah. and I'm going to deal with it. And if I do ever get serious or it's bad enough, I need to go talk to someone, they don't want to go do it because, like, we've already, everything we just said. They're, been, they'll be, they're scared they're going to be told, don't you just got to stop. Yeah. Um, or you're just going to tell me to stop, and then, but this is what I love. This is what I'm passionate about. So you know what? Screw that. I'll just deal with the pain. Yeah. And so they make the assumption that it's just normal to be in pain. And they make the assumption, well, I just got to get an MRI and x-ray, tell me what it is. And so then I know, I'm like, no, that's, that's just so such a small part of it. So it, that's one assumption. Um, what I love to tell people is the, this pain that you've always had for a long time or this issue you're having, this limitation, this tightness, um, you think that it's never going to go away or just a part of it, but that's, that's just oftentimes, not every time, but a lot of times that's just wrong. Yeah. Um, and so we have to really talk with our high-level athletes about forming a plan and saying, you have tried it this way for a long time, and you, you keep getting the same results, right? It's the definition of insanity. I think I've heard it says you keep doing the same thing and expect a different results. Yeah. That's one of the things we tell athletes. Like, you've been foam rolling this till you're blue <laughs> in the face. You've been, you know, just waiting two days till the pain goes down enough where you can kind of get back to it. And you get back to it hoping it'll be different this time. Or you go to bed at night thinking, man, maybe this will be the night I'll sleep through the night. Yeah. Like, no, it's, you know, just keep taking Advil. Keep taking Advil. Yeah. And so we have to tell them, that's where we would kind of mentioned earlier, you have to go back through their story. Um, I have an athlete right now with some hip issues, and we have to go back to their story 10 years ago when they first started having back a back injury in high school mm. and how that back pain in high school is what led to this pattern of tension in their lower back which they just thought was normal because that's what high-level athletes have as yeah. a high-level soccer player. Um, but that's what started to lead to compensations. Then your hip flexors tighten up, which everybody tells me about. And I'm like, well, yeah, that tightened up because of this old back injury. And if we don't deal with the fact you can't bend backwards whatsoever, then we're never going to get your current hip issue better. So we have to go back to the original a little bit and look at those patterns that have been there for a while. And – helping them understand like that pain you've always had. There's a reason why I got there in the first place. Let's get back into the, the real issue, start to address it. But we have to form a plan around how to be smart about it. And that's what that, gosh, this is what is so tough because if you're a high level athlete, you don't want to lose the momentum yep. that you've built. You don't want to lose the strength, the speed, whatever it might be. I'm not a high level athlete at all, but I had 
um, a back injury not too long ago uh, from doing some deadlifting and some snatching that I was doing. And I was starting to PR. I'm like, this is awesome. Hell yeah. yeah, this is great. And then I injured myself. I was like, dang it. Yeah. No. And I was like, I'll just, let me see if I can't, let me just keep going. Let me just keep going. I'll be fine. But then I just kept ignoring it. And in my language, we call this red, yellow, green light system. I was like, it'll be fine. This is just a yellow light. Yeah. But it was like red light staring me in the face. And I kept trying to do it. And eventually it was pain with every step, pain yeah. with every movement. And I had to pause, reset a little bit, deal with the original issues, and then get back. But that's that's a hard thing to do when you're a high-level athlete. To, sometimes it does take time to back away from the intensity, deal with the real stuff, and then get back into it. And, that's, and this is what my conversation I have with athletes all the time and I had to have myself. Yes, this is my immediate goal. And I know that you've built up a lot of, of strength and endurance, whatever it might be. But my goal is to keep you doing this for your life. Yeah. Not just for this next two months. And maybe we can patchwork some stuff so you can get through this one competition or whatever. Okay, that's fine. But, man, there's going to be a time, if you really want to deal with this, that we're going to have to stake a, take a step back, not to, like, completely put you on the sidelines and do nothing. An active recovery is always better than a passive recovery. But we're going to have to modify things a little bit. So let's deadlift to some plates. Let's not go down too far. Let's do a box squat. Let's still load you up with, you know, some heavy weights on your back. But let's modify a little bit or let's do some – belt squats instead of loading you with a with a front squat whatever we just let's do some modifications or with a runner let's figure out some other things that we can do let's add some more walking involved a yeah. little bit let's do some other cross training let's do some freaking strengthening so that we can deal with these original issues take some time away from it and then start to bring you back into your high level so then hopefully you even go past that yeah. and you go past it feeling even stronger and healthier and guess what you're going to probably get tweak things again but now you know what to do to listen for that so that this pain you've been ignoring this whole time, next time it starts to come back, you nip it in the bud from the beginning, and you have a plan around it, so it doesn't sideline sideline you like it might be doing right now. Yeah, and that, that goes back to like what you were talking about, about building trust, and, and something, yeah. when we had Larry, who's also one of y'all's clients, uh, Tolbert, on, he was talking about like, you know, building, building a team around himself. Yeah. And um, so, like, uh, <laughs> when we do nutrition um, consults with people, a lot of times that they may be doing something they know they're not supposed to be doing. So let's just use the example of um, they're eating ice cream every night, right? Yep, having a bourbon. Is what my <laughs> oh, yeah. that's good for yeah, you, but that's uh, not too bad. But good for your heart, right? So, but uh, right. <laughs> let's say they're eating ice cream, <laughs> ice, every, cream, ice, cream. Uh, ice cream every night, and then they they'll recognize like ah, this is probably not what I need to be doing. Yeah, and then their suggestion is always the the wrong answer as well because they're like I know I'm not supposed to be eating ice cream I'll just stop eating ice cream altogether I'm like yeah. well okay you yeah. know like is that is that reality no it's probably somewhere in the middle and kind of same mm-hmm. thing with with recovering from injuries 100 a good, very good point athletes are scared because like like I love training I don't want to stop training it's like right. look we're gonna train like we're gonna keep moving forward yes you know it's just it's just what adaptations do yes. we make so. It might be like, man, my knees are kind of bothering me, da 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 da. Yes. Um, but like, I'm on this squat cycle, I'm feeling yep. good. It's like, hey, well, can we modify it with like a a, high, a box squat? Yeah. Can we do something? Can we maybe like lay off the lunges and do a step up instead? Yep. Like, like there's there's things we can do and say like, let's address this this issue that we're having. And instead of like coming, uh, if we're going down this road, instead of like coming up to a stop sign and just being stuck there, having to go right. backwards, let's just kind of go that, take a right keep moving forward and figure out a different kind yes. of path forward. Uh, but it takes, I think it takes trust and building a relationship with someone and hearing it, um, 
and being exposed to kind of that mentality that that may be different from what you're used to in the past, which would be, stop. oh my gosh, just stop, yeah, it. stop, sign. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's 100 correct. The, that's that's the problem with the medical system. It's a stop sign. Yeah, and you you have to. Stop signs don't work for high-level athletes. They say, well, screw that. I'm going to blow right through it. And if that's my option, let's just go through it. Yeah, I, I We're going to run through it. Yeah, let's do it. So we have to teach people, like, I know it's what you've been told, and I know that you think that this injury you've been told based on MRI or whatever, it's a stop sign. No, there's just so many things you can do. Active recovery is better than a passive recovery. Movement is medicine. Yep. We're going to figure out another way to, a, to address the root issues but still keep you active as much as possible. And I have times where I have an athlete, and I'm like, all right, Yes, you need to sit on your butt for the next week. That's it. Okay, if you want to do some upper body stuff, knock yourself out. But there are times we might have to, we're going to have a stop sign, but it's going to, I'm going to keep that stop sign as short as possible because I don't want other bad patterns to set in. Yeah. But no, how can we do workarounds? And I, I love what you said about, like, with Larry, like, because I would do the same thing myself as in a nutritional, like, oh, this is probably the right idea, but I have no, no, no clue what I'm doing. And I need someone to come in and say, here is a better way you've never thought of it before. Let me really train you and show you how to do it correctly. And then that's when the light bulb goes off. I'm like, oh, okay. so I can do it that way. Okay, that makes sense. And yeah, that's, it's, that's, I've never thought about that way, but that's what happens with our patients. Yeah, we kind of said like that. The all or nothing approach is usually going to lead to nothing. So yeah. let's uh, find yes. a different approach, right? Man, that's, yeah, particularly with high-level <laughs> athletes, if you just ignore and think all, 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 it, yeah. It, yeah, you're, you're eventually going to, either way, yeah, you're going well, to nothing yeah. <laughs> eventually. Uh, um and it, it, when you were talking about, like, sometimes you do have to hit a stop sign and that, that athlete, like, hey, you're going to have to take a week off. That made me think, right. like, uh, um, you had said earlier about, like, talking about to someone about what their schedule's like, what their recovery's like, what their sleep's like. Right. And a lot of times um, it, we're, we're just we're just pushing, 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 pushing right. in every area of our life. And at some point, something breaks, right? The right. body breaks. Um, and it's like, hey, man, like, you're going to have to. You're gonna have to step back on some level here yep. because you're 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 running at 100 miles an hour with no brakes on, right? Um, yep. What are some other things you see uh, from high level athletes that they could be doing better um, to prevent injury or improve performance? Great question. Um, I mean, I'm learning more and more about you know recovery um, and that being a, a broad category of nutrition, um, of sleep, water intake. So I think someone who, particularly who I, I've dealt with, who've had chronic issues, that's when we really have to start to break this out. That, hey, you keep injuring yourself. How much are you sleeping at night? Yeah. Are you going, 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 going? So that's one thing that I'm learning more and more about and starting to recommend more people to nutritionists. I've sent some people to some functional medicine uh, physicians. Like, hey, we really need to dial in on other things here that it's not just your orthopedic system. If yeah. Um, it's what you do during the day. It's like having a, having a habit of movement so, like, I have a lot of athletes who uh, want to be a high-level runner or a high-level lifter, but they sit on their butt all day in front of a computer or on their phone. And it's like, if, if you want to ask your body to perform for this hour and a half, two hours, 30 minutes, whatever it is, uh, a CrossFit class for one hour, but you're sitting on your butt all day long, I mean, yeah, you can get to the gym 10 minutes early and do some foam rolling to your mid-back and your hips, but if you're sitting on your butt and slouched over, no amount of exercise recovery exercises that you're going to do will fix that. Yeah. So really talking to uh, my athletes of we have to adopt a whole mentality here of movement. And that's when I get into the weeds of people are like, let's talk about your desk setup. Are yeah. you, can we get a stand up desk? Can you move around? Like I don't need you standing all the time, but do something, just move around. So I think that's something that is a missing link for people is they have an area of tightness. That's never going to go away. If you don't stay moving throughout the day, if you spend 
three fourths of your day in this one position. Yes. You're, you're just not going to be able to, to accumulate enough no. recovery movements or rehab uh, movements to, to overcome that. Yeah. And you see me once, twice a week. Yeah. yeah good luck. I'm yeah. not going to change that. And your body has this, you know, old patterns die hard and has a muscle memory. And like your system is used to doing it this way. So if we're going to change this, we've got to change your system, not just this one muscle. Yeah. Like, I people all the time, oh, let's just, you know, dry needle this one spot or let's stretch this one spot. I'm like, that's great. But make, if you're going to go sit in front of your phone or, the, you know, while they're, I'm talking to them and they're, we're looking at something on their phone, they, they go back in these bad positions. I'm like, ah, this is like everything we just did is going to come undone, yeah. particularly if you're doing this all day long. That was kind of my, um, my analogy with, with chiropractic care. Like, look, I, I like chiropractic yeah. care, but understand, like, bones don't move themselves. You know, the bone's out of position, something pulled it out of position, right? You know, like something subluxed. So you can't just go get put back in place, put back in place, put back in place right. without a right. dealing with what's causing that to, yeah. to happen in the first place. Yeah, and that's that's a big thing for athletes is helping them understand, like helping them empower them to take more responsibility and ownership of their thing and say, yes, you can see a chiropractor that can be helpful. That's, that's awesome. Love that. We can see me. We can do uh, techniques, but... Yeah, you've got to really adopt, like understand. That's again, that's why I love taking the time and when I say get into the weeds with people. Yeah, help them understand. This is what's going on. And this is what's going to take to fix this. I ain't going to give you one exercise. You can't take one pill. You can't go get just one surgery and expect that's going to change this long-standing problem. We have to really get our heads wrapped around the the full picture and change that whole thing. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. If you're looking for the one thing, it, yeah. just, it doesn't exist. That's, that's another like, problem with our healthcare system um, that we're all guilty of. It's, you know, instant gratification. Yeah. And you, you just, when it comes to the body, that's just rarely the case, particularly with chronic issues. It's just never the case with chronic yeah. issues. You have to, you have to have a plan. You have to be committed to it. Um, and that's, that's a big thing we have to work on with our people. Yeah. And I think there's a bit of perspective that has to occur in order to, or that, yeah, that has to occur to, in, uh, to, to understand that. And I think, like, I started working out when I was in, like, sixth, seventh grade, so I'm, like, 25 years of, like, training yeah. now. And um, it's it's now, like, looking back, I'm like, oh, I had that did some really stupid stuff back then. But at the time, if someone had told me different, like, I, I would not have. I'm like, eh, whatever, what do you know, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and, but, but sometimes, like, when we're working with people, like, they may not have been doing it for that long. They don't have that perspective yet. Maybe they're in their first year. Maybe they're five years in and they really kind of found this one thing that they're really, really good at. And they've been like kicking ass and they're, you know, they started running. And I'm, I'm putting up some really great numbers in my 5Ks or started yep. doing my first marathon or started to accumulate some like 100 right. mile races. And it's like, yeah, but you're, you're still relatively uh, new yeah. into this this stuff you're doing with your body. And yep. it's like, they don't have that perspective, that long-term perspective. Like what, what's this look like for the lifetime? Yeah. And that's, that, that's a conversation we have a lot with our athletes of, particularly if you're new, you're, it takes time when you start to load heavy and load for endurance, your body has to adapt to that. And my belief is that the body is amazing <laughs> and strong and resilient and you can put it under a load and progressive load and it will adapt so you have to give it the opportunity to allow your tendons to adapt to yep. this type of pull, to that type of spring. You have to allow your your discs, your joints, your muscles. They have to take they take time to adapt. And if you're new at it, that's it's another common issue we see is yeah, you're too impatient. Yeah. You have to see you have to see the whole goal, which is a long plan, long term plan here, not just a six month plan. Um, and I and I think the medical system is 
we don't see the value in taking time to allow the body to, to adapt and to grow and to, to put it under a progressive loading program and allow it to do its thing. Well, and the, the fitness industry is equally as guilty because everything yeah. is like six week, you know, yeah, rapid yeah. body change or adding it to your arms or put a hundred pounds on your squat. And you're like, well, you, whatever you do over the next six weeks is real, re- relatively irrelevant compared to what you do over the next 60 years, yeah. you know, or the next six, six years or six months, you know, it's like, it's, it's be sustainable, or, it's sustaining yeah. it and, and maintaining it. And I think uh, again, like ha- having that perspective of, of, Oh, I've been doing it for a long time. You kind of like recognize like that compounding effect. Yeah. Um, and, and the sustainability that comes with like doing it the right way over a long period of time. I have a funny story for you. So I have an intern and uh, we were talking about warm-ups, and I, I, uh, I ask him always, like, what's the definition of a warm-up? And my definition is it's a, it's a, it's a um, period designed to, to bridge the gap between um, periods of low activity to higher activity. Yep. And so that, that like bridge it. has to be um, relevant to the mm-hmm. gap that must be um, crossed. And so we were going over squat technique, and I put it through a warm-up. He's 21, I think, 22, something like that. And uh, put him through a warm up, and I said, "Well, you know, how'd that feel?" He's like, "Man, that felt really good. I've never warmed up before." Oh wow! <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> "It's like when you're 20, 21, like like you don't necessarily think and have yeah. that perspective of like of warming up." And yeah. It was like he, he was like, "Oh man, that felt great. Like I've never warmed up before." I was like, "You've never oh, warmed man. up before." <laughs> so he's cool at twenty one. Wait till he's my age at thirty nine, and you're gonna have to, you have to prep the system. Exactly. That's my so. point. It's like you just can't get away with that uh-uh, for for, uh-uh. for that much longer. But if that's like the way you start off. Oh yeah, you know. I think it's fine. It'll keep working for you, but yeah. And then eventually, you got like, man, like my shoulders kind of bothering me. He's kind of hurting today. Well, you know, maybe wrap it, throw some some Bengay on it, figure out a way to like, you know, push through this workout. And then eventually, you just go, ah, my knees hurt and I can't squat anymore. Like that's not the case. You just spent twenty years not warming up. (laughs) No, that that was over COVID. I started uh, just working out in my gym more, and that's really when I was doing this kind of Olympic uh, lifting program for snatches and. I was doing a whole lot of deep squats that yep. I've never done before. Um, and I started having some aches and pains that I'm like, well, this is different. And a, and if a traditional thing would say, oh, you're getting old. Squats are bad for your knees. No, BS. I just did not prep my body for that. And I started hot and heavy yeah. over a six-week program. And I probably could I could run a little bit less. And so I had to take a step back. But every time I would warm up, I'd have to – I'd hold to like a TRX band and do some like deep squats in those first five or six, like, Ooh, that's yeah. a little bit stiff. But, yep. but, because my, but my mindset was, but that's okay. My body's strong and resilient. I'm, this is also like this stress and kind of soreness I'm feeling. That's exactly what's going to make this stronger. Yep. Not, Oh no, I've got bad knees. I must've torn my meniscus. Stop scary. No, like <laughs> it was my mindset that said, Nope, this is good for it. Yeah. Be smart about it, but warm into it. And then let's load this thing up. Yeah. Let's get heavy with it, but then be smart with my recovery. Um, but same thing for runners. I have to teach them, tell them all the time. What do you do when you, before you start running? Uh, Put my walk shoes out the on. Door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to warm your system up. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's a big thing for sure. Yeah. The, um, like having that, having that knowledge of kind of knowing, okay, that self-awareness of, okay, I, this is what I'm need to perform today. And like this kind of going through that checklist and go like, how does my body feel? Yeah. Mm, I'm not quite there yet. I need a little bit more today yeah, right. and kind of getting yourself there. But, uh, and I think that's where if you don't have that perspective, you don't have that, um, that, that knowledge, if you're new to it, you do one of two things like I'll push through it right. or you just go, I'm not gonna do it at all. And that's where having 
something you trust, having a coach, having a guide to kind of be like, how do you feel today? Man, I'm feeling kind of like this. Okay, well, let's do let's this instead. It, let's yeah. modify it because, like, we're right. going to keep going. Yeah. It, all or nothing is not the only two options. Right. It's like, right. let's keep moving forward. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a huge perspective in our in PT when we're working with people who are in pain and they're scared and they're having this pain and we have to do it. It's a lot of coaching of them of saying, where are you at? You know, it's not an all or none approach. Just because you're still in pain doesn't mean that things are still bad. Let's take a look at how it's been over the past 24 hours. Let's learn what that's telling you. Let's learn what's not telling you and how to keep moving forward, how to keep progressing and how to use you know, movement as medicine, not be scared that you're going to, just always be like this. Or you're just gonna keep hurting yourself. Like no, let's. We have to have a plan and helping people understand that from the beginning um, is really key with athletes. Big time. Uh, who have that all or none approach and who are scared that you know for lots of those different reasons we've talked about. Yeah. Um, well, very cool, Clay. I uh, appreciate you coming on. Um, why don't you kind of like let people know where they can uh, get in contact with yeah. you and uh, where they can find you? Yeah. Um, so www.901pt.com is our website. We're on Instagram at 901pt. Facebook is not one physical therapy. Um, I think my wife is trying to get us to do a TikTok account. I don't know. So we <laughs> might have that. She wants me to do some dance videos or something. Um, yeah, so that's, those are ways you can get in touch with us. Uh, if you send a message through Instagram or our website, um, I'll look at all of those things. Um, if you have questions, send me a message on that. You can look me up on Instagram. as Clay Jones PT. I think that's what that is. Um, but, yeah, that's where we're at. And our, our location is on Broad Avenue. Um, been there for a year. It's been awesome. We're right next to, next to the liquor store. It's a wonderful restaurant if you haven't tried that out. So that's where we're at. Um, yeah, our phone number, 901-310-3901. Awesome. Very cool. Go. All right, Clay. Thanks for coming on, bud. Thanks, man. All right. Y'all be good. Out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.